Uh, let's open up God's Word this morning, uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. Uh, we're going verse by verse through the Gospel of Mark and, and looking at the impact that Jesus had and that the impact that Jesus continues to have uh, upon people's lives. Have you been impacted by Jesus? Uh, hopefully, if you're saved, you saved, the answer is definitely yes. Uh, he's changed your life. And uh, if you haven't been saved, He can impact your life today. I, I want you to know that. Uh, we had three that, that prayed to receive Christ last night or indicated that they did, that we're following up on uh, with that. And their lives will be forever, ever changed. And, and so uh, as we're looking at that, the, the question we're asking today and looking at the, uh, this passage of Scripture on John the Baptist is that uh, Jesus wants to impact lives and, and, and He wants to use us. Are we going to be a vessel are we going to be an obstacle to what Jesus wants to do in our community and what Jesus wants to do through us and the lives of those uh, around us? So let's look. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. Uh, there it says, uh, as it is written in the prophets. And so he just starts right off here, jumping into the, the, the ministry of Jesus. He, he skips over the birth and all that because he's talking about the impact that Jesus has through his ministry and through his death on the cross and resurrection. So he's jumping right into the beginning of the ministry. And it began with John the Baptist and when Jesus goes and is baptized uh, by John the Baptist there. So when he says it's written by the prophets, he shares prophecies. Uh, in particular in verse 2, it's Malachi chapter 3 and, and, and verse 1. And then Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 2. Two prophecies concerning John the Baptist that God had been designing all along for Jesus to come and to impact this world. And so here it is, verse, uh, verse 2 again, pick up there, it says, Behold, I send my messenger, this is God speaking, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. And verse 3 tells us a little more about him. He says, It is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Who was this guy that fulfilled this prophecy? Well, it was John. Verse 4, it says, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, you think you've been impacted now, you wait till he gets here. And he will impact your life forever. Now I ask the question, the title of the sermon is a question, are we going to be vessels are we going to be obstacles? I put together, we got some pictures here uh, of, of different vessels or obstacles. And you tell me what it is, vessel or obstacle up here. What is this? Vessel. That's a vessel. Uh, but you, you were here first service, so you already got it. <laughs> a, but it is. It, it's a vessel. It's a vase. You know, a vessel is a container. And, it, and it's not the, the vessel itself that is valuable. It's whatever the vessel contains. So, yes, that's a vessel there. What about this? It's an iceberg, but it's a what? It's a Y'all come on now, wake up, all right? <laughs> it's an obstacle. Obviously, it's an obstacle. That's not something you want to avoid that, and, and that's what it is, especially if you're on the Titanic. Uh, uh, you want to avoid the obstacle. Okay, next picture. Help me out here. What is this? 
obstacle. There you go. Uh, there, there he is climbing over that. Uh, I said that looks kind of like trash. I think that looks more like mat. What do you think? Climb, trying to climb over that, uh, all that mud. And I don't know if he's going to make it or not. And uh, he may be able to make it over, but still it's making it difficult there. That's a, definitely an obstacle. What about this picture? Vessel, vessel, carrying the passengers there, avoiding the obstacle of the iceberg, hopefully, uh, and, and, and doing that. And so that is, that is definitely, matter of fact, that's what we call a ship sometimes, a vessel. Okay, what's next? That's a vessel. <laughs> that's a pipe. All right. And by the way, that's a pipe. And so a vessel is not only uh, contains and holds, but a vessel is also something that, that things can travel through. It has a, a purpose. It's not just to hold and keep it, but to, uh, a vase is there to hold that you might use that. A, a ship is not just to hold people, but it's to get people where they need to go. And a pipe is a vessel as well. Matter of fact, what do we call the pipes that are underneath our skin that carry our blood? Blood vessels, yeah, blood vessels, that's, that's what it is. Where there's it's veins or arteries that are there, they're vessels. And, and so this is a vessel as well. And that's what I got. Do we have anything else? Is that it? There we go. Obstacle, obstacle. Got an obstacle there. After everything we've been through, it's probably saying that there's a, the, the road is flooded up ahead, and so you don't want to go down uh, that road. And so uh, danger is ahead, so don't go this way. It's meant to be an obstacle. Now, you can go around that obstacle, uh, but it's meant to be an obstacle uh, to, to keep you from getting uh, maybe where you wanted uh, to go. So these are all vessels or obstacles. And that's what, you know, when we're talking about uh, the Lord making an impact and the Lord wants to use us to make an impact. As God wants to make an impact on this community, doesn't he? And we can be a vessel or we can be an obstacle. We talk about our, our ones and, and reaching our ones, these, these that we're praying for, that, that, God, that we would see them saved this year in 2020. And we can either be a vessel to see that happen or we can be an obstacle. We can be an obstacle. So what are we going to be? Here we're talking about John the Baptist. is, is mentioned here. We, the story of, uh, of John the Baptist or John the Baptizer is really what it, what it says that he is here. He wasn't from the denomination of, of being a Baptist. He was the one that baptized. That's just what he did uh, out here. And, and by the way, this is not just a lesson. This, this is not just a, a story like Humpty Dumpty or something like that. This is a real guy. This is, this is a flesh and blood guy just like you and I who was here, who had a calling upon his life and was willing to be used as a vessel for God's glory. That's him. That's him. And by the way, God uses people uh, to have an impact. God is the one that produces the impact, but he uses people, and he wants to use us as well. He wants to use this church. He wants to use you in, individually. As a matter of fact, in, in chapter 1, he's going to call the disciples. Uh, some of the disciples, uh, in, in particular James and John and Peter and Andrew, he's going to call them to come and to follow him, and he's going to make them fishers of men. They're going to be vessels to be, that he'll use for an impact. Later on in, uh, in, in chapter 2, of Mark is when we have the, the friends bring the paralyzed man and they lower him down from the road. That man wouldn't have gotten there if there hadn't been some vessels that God used to bring him to Jesus. And so that's what God wants. He wants us to be vessels. This man that we're reading about this morning, he was a vessel that was used by God to point people to Jesus so he could have an impact upon their lives. That's what he's doing. Let's look at him a little bit. Let's look first of all at this, this calling 
of a vessel. And by the way, when I, when I talk about this, this calling of a vessel, I'm not just talking, there's a, a specific calling that was definitely upon John the Baptist's life, but there's a, a general calling that we see here for, for all of us to follow. And when he talks about uh, preparing the way here, he's talking that word prepare, uh, especially the Old Testament word, which this is Old Testament quotes from Malachi and from Isaiah that we have here. The word prepare literally means to remove obstacles. That's what he's calling us to do. He says there in, in verse uh, 2, this is his calling. He says, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. He'll prepare the way for Jesus. And, and what he's talking about here is there, was, there were servants that went before the king when the king was, was going and traveling and when he was going into a, a city or, or a village there, as he's traveling along that way, if he's traveling in a, in a chariot or a cart or something like that, or even traveling by horse, there are those that would go ahead and would clear the way. They'd remove any, any brush or obstacles that might be there. They'd remove any boulders or stones that might be there so there would be a smooth trip for him and that's what he's talking about here is that people need to know Jesus amen and what we need to do we need to be about the business of removing every obstacle before them so they can come to Christ there is a work to preparing the way we need to remove the boulders that are there. There are people in this community that have, have been hurt by, by people in the name of Christianity. There have been people that, that have been hurt by, by family members, some even hurt by church members. And, and so there are these obstacles that are there that we, through love and compassion and prayer, that's the greatest way to remove obstacles, is through prayer, by praying for them, by ministering them, by showing them something real and genuine and what God is, has, the impact that God has made in our life, we can begin to remove some of those obstacles. One of the, the best illustrations that I know of this is, is about our ministry in Ukraine. And there, a lot of our ministry, especially early on and even today, is, is removing obstacles, removing boulders out of the way so that people could come to Christ. And, and we did that initially when we first started going there. We were doing some front-end type ministry, just, just trying to, uh, to, to win the privilege of sharing the gospel by doing like medical missions, by doing some ministry with children, by just loving on them and sharing with them. And especially among the, the Roma people that were there, because of their poverty and because of their, their heritage, there was a lot of prejudice and a lot of looking down upon them and very little uh, real ministry was, was done to them. And so we came in and just started loving on them and sharing with them. And, and some of the children Children started responding, and some of their parents started responding a, a little bit to what we were sharing, and, and, and we saw a person saved here and a person saved here and everything. But among this Roma village, the, the adults that were there were still very suspicious and very they were not open to what we were going to do. And, and the Ukrainians that we were working with, they were very suspicious of them because Ukrainians, if they ever helped the Roma, they were looking for something from them. They were going to use them. And that wasn't why we were there. We were there to help them. We are there to share the gospel with them. And so as we're doing that, I'll tell you how the, one of the biggest boulders came crashing down was, get this, through a volleyball game. There were some men there, leaders among the, the Roma uh, group that was there and everything, and they loved to play volleyball. And so 
we, uh, they even had this, this um, uh, sawdust pit and everything with a volleyball net and stuff. And so here we are. We're there, myself and uh, a couple of other guys. And by the way, I was the best volleyball player there, so you know we were terrible. All right? <laughs> uh, uh, I say that, well, Joseph, the Ukrainian there, now, he was good. He's tall, very athletic, and he could play and stuff. And so I was the best other than him. And uh, so we, were, we, were, we weren't very good. But we played them in a game of volleyball. And what they did when they played volleyball, they, and they were very good uh, and stuff, they would, uh, uh, they would play for a case of beer. And so we definitely weren't going to do that. We said, we'll play for, for water. You know, whoever wins buys water for the other team, bottles of water. And it was hot, it was in the summer, and so that's what we did. And we played, and we actually got ahead of them two to one, but that was the last time we were ahead of them. <laughs> and everything, that's because Joseph had some great serves <laughs> and everything. And they, they, they beat us and stuff, and of course, they, we had a lot of fun. We were laughing with them and stuff. And then after it was over with, they came and they said, oh, don't worry about the water. We've had fun. Appreciate you coming and stuff like that. And Joseph goes, no, 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 we promised we would get you water. We're getting you water. He's a man of integrity. He's showing them that. He's, he's keeping his word. And, and, so they're, and we gave them the water. And, of course, they're drinking the water like, oh, this is great water. Where's your water? You know, and all that kind of stuff and, and, and messing with us. And we're laughing with them. And after that trip, you know, we left. And then and I think it's, it's either the next week or week and a half after that or so, one of those men calls Joseph up and says, can we get together and have coffee? And he begins asking Joseph some questions about, why he's there, why he's ministering to them, what does he care about the Roma. And Joseph just begins sharing with him about the love of Christ. And then a, a week or two later, he says, can you come to my house and, and meet with me and talk with me? Joseph shows up and there's a room full of men with Bibles saying, teach us this book. And every one of those men end up giving their lives to Christ and their families and other men. And Joseph and, and Vadim there can't hardly keep up with it. And there ends up being, right now, there's been over 200 conversions among the Roma people there in Rakiv. They've given their lives to Christ. Because Joseph, and we helped him a little bit, with, took the time to remove the boulders so that when the seed was sown, it'd take root. That's, that's preparing the way. That's what God is calling us to do. And not only to prepare the way, but to proclaim the way. He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And the way is Jesus. And so that's what we're doing. We're clearing the way so they can find the way, find the way to eternal life, which is only through Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about preaching Jesus. Listen, we can become obstacles. The church can become an obstacle. Our programs can become an obstacle. Everything in our lives can become an obstacle and we need to remove those out of our lives so that when we preach the gospel, they hear it from love and compassion and from a genuine love for Jesus. That's the calling for all of us is to remove the obstacles so those that don't know Jesus can find the way which is Him. It's not only the calling of a vessel, but there's also the ministry of a vessel. This is his ministry. This is what he did. And, and although the, the exact specifics of it are, uh, may not be exactly what the way that we do it, but it is still very, very real for us. And, and this is what we need. He talks, first of all, uh, it talks about his, his baptizing them. In John chapter 4, his, I mean, verse 4, he says, uh, John, not John chapter 4, we're in Mark 
verse 4, chapter 1, it says John. <laughs> John the Baptist. He came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. See, what he's doing here is a, a public confession. There was no power in that water. It's just the Jordan River. I mean, people washed and, and they swam in it and, and different things like that. There's no power in this water. But it was a, a public immersion there in the river that folks, as he's preaching the, the, the danger of sin and the, and the horrors of sin and, and how people need to repent, they're coming and they're publicly testifying to what, uh, to what God has done and their desire to, to, to be removed moved from sin, to experience the forgiveness of sin. This is a, a baptism of repentance from sin and turning to God. What they're saying is publicly, I am a sinner and I need God. That, that's, that's what it's, it's about. Listen, it's not about making people feel comfortable. It's not about pe just making people feel good about their sin. It's making people realize there's an answer to their sin. And they can turn from their sin and they can find life in God. So there's this, this public confession with an uncompromising message. He says at the end of verse 4, it's a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. People must repent. They must turn from their sin. The wages of sin is death. And we must recognize that. We're not just trying to get people to come sit in a pew. We're, we're, we're trying to find, let people find Jesus and find true forgiveness and, and turning away from their sin. And not only turning away from their sin, but turning to Jesus. Later on, um, matter of fact, pretty quickly here, John is going to say, Behold the Lamb of God. It is Him. You, you've turned from your sin, now, now turn toward Him. Follow after Him. Follow after Jesus. And he talks about not only repentance, but the remission of sins, the pardon of sin. That's the gospel. That's the truth that we proclaim. That's what people need to say. One of the obstacles is a false understanding. They think that we're talking about religious do's and don'ts. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the removal of the burden of sin in our life. And that's found through Jesus Christ. That is what we all need. We need it removed. We need the freedom. And so as we, we preach this, as we minister, as we proclaim this, we're not coming across as, as angry and judgmental and prideful, but in real sincere love and compassion to those who are caught up in sin. And then there's this life-changing power in verse 5. It says, Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized. What? He's not offering them health and wealth and prosperity. And they're coming out there. The Holy Spirit of God is drawing them. Drawing them to God, drawing them to freedom, drawing them to forgiveness. It's not the show. It's not the program. It's not his great abilities. It is the Spirit of God drawing them. You see, the, the devil, he, he brings guilt with no solution, but the Holy Spirit brings true conviction with the solution to the sin problem. And so they not only come out there and are baptized, but notice what he says there. It says, confessing their sins. Open confession. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. They wanted God and they wanted his forgiveness. And I, I, I feel, 
there are obstacles in the way, but at the heart of every man, that's what they want. They want the forgiveness of God. Some don't think they can get it because they've been lived too bad a life. Some don't think they need it because they've been deceived by the devil. But when the Holy Spirit of God opens their eyes to the truth, they want the forgiveness of God. So we've got to remove the obstacles. And we've got to make sure we're not an obstacle, but we're a vessel. Let's look at the lifestyle of a vessel. Let me move pretty quick uh, through this. In verse 6, uh, he talks about that there was, first of all, there's no concern of fashion. He's not, he's not consumed with this, this worldly ideas. He's not concerned about his, his look. And, and uh, the, you know, worldliness can be an obstacle as we get caught up in these things. Look, look at what it says in verse 6. It says, now John was clothed in camel's hair and with a leather belt. That's what I may, may wear next Sunday to preach, all right? Uh, just a, a camel thing or something like that with a leather belt around. That'd be all right? Uh, <laughs> don't count on it. <laughs> but that... You know, I don't think I got one of those in my closet. But uh, that's, that's, that's what he, he's not concerned. He's not caught up in all of that and, and wearing the, like the robes of a Pharisee and looking a certain way. He's concerned with the souls of men. And listen, we get so caught up in this world. They're like uh, uh, what Brody was talking about last night, there the, are good things that are out there, but those good things can become idols. And if we're not careful, they can become obstacles to getting the gospel to people because we're so consumed with our worldly lifestyles and satisfying our fleshly desires. That's not what John was about. Why? Because there's more important business at stake. The souls of men are at stake. So he's not concerned about fashion. He's not concerned about eating or feasting either. He's not go- planning on when his next meal is. Some of us live, and I say us because I've, I've been there uh, myself, and stuff, where we just live for the next meal. So we're already, when we're eating one meal, we're planning out what we're going to eat the next meal. He's not concerned. Matter of fact, what was his diet there? He ate locust and wild honey, not because that's what he preferred, because that's all there was. He just wasn't, he didn't have time to go uh, into the city and, and waste his time looking for, for fancy food and stuff like that. He had, the, he had to preach. He had to tell folks about Jesus. And so that's just what happened to be there. Well, he's got some protein and some carbs there, so he's, he's pretty good uh, to go. And so uh, that, that's what's going on here. He's not concerned about that. You see, it's, it's what we, we've got to let this get a hold of us. I'm not just talking about the food, but, but the priorities of life, what that means. I mean, Jesus, when he was there with the woman at the the well and, and after uh, she, she hears the message of forgiveness and, and that he's the Messiah then the disciples come back from food and stuff and Jesus says don't worry about it I'm not hungry and they go what this somebody brought him food and he says you don't understand he says I've got food to eat that you don't know about and he's talking about the souls of men and the work of God and being a vessel that God might, might flow through. And matter of fact, when Jesus was, was tempted in the wilderness, he was tempted to do what? He'd been fasting for 40 days to turn the stones into bread. And he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's things more important than that. And that's the lifestyle of a vessel. You see, the, these, these small things that, that may not be sinful things in and of themselves, they can become idols in our life, and they be, can become obstacles that, that clog up our vessels and they keep the, the glory of God and the message of God and the love of God from flowing through our lives to those around us. Are we going to be a vessel or an obstacle to people knowing Jesus? And then we see finally the obstacle of a vessel. 
You see, we're supposed to be vessels, but we ourselves can become the obstacle. It's what he's talking about in these last two verses, that our pride and getting caught up in who we are can become an obstacle. He first makes this statement in, in verse 7, where basically he's saying, I am nothing. I am nothing. Verse 7, he says, and he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loosen. He's saying, I'm nothing. I'm not even worthy to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Not worthy. When he talks about one mightier than I, what is he saying? See, John the Baptist was a strong man. He was a strong preacher. But do you understand? His strength didn't come from him. It came from God. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, you don't know me. I am weak. He is strong. I am unable. He is able. All I do in my flesh and in my life, I bring about death. He brings about life. He is mightier than I. And I am nothing. And we need to, to recognize that, that we are not worthy. He is the one who is worthy. He is the one that is sufficient. We are, are, are not worthy. We are weak. We're messed up. We're broken. Don't be ashamed of that. Own it. Recognize it. And depend upon God to be your strength. Let Him be your healing. Let Him be your life. We can't do it ourselves. That's what's wrong with the church today. That's why the church in general and the church in this nation is struggling as we're trying to do it all on our own. But what we need to do is get on our knees before God and declare dependence upon Him and say, we can't do this. We've been trying to do it our way. We're not doing it our way anymore. We're going to do it your way. That's what we need. We are nothing. You understand? There's a, there are the truths like we've been singing about today that we are child, children of God. But we're not born a child of God. We're reborn a child of God. And understand this. God, listen to me. God didn't save us because we are worthy to be saved. God did not look down upon us and said, well, look at those wonderful people. I would, I would just be so privileged and blessed to have them a part of my family. And, and I just hope they're a part of my family and not Satan's family and everything because I, I really need them. And I, no, 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 no. The message of grace, the message of the gospel is that God knows we are not worthy and he sent his son Jesus to die for us anyway. We're not worthy. He loves us. Not because we are worthy, but because He is worthy. He is the God who loves what is not worthy. He is the God that redeems the unredeemable. He is the God who comes in and heals the ones who cannot be healed and raises them up and makes blind eyes to see. And, and those that cannot walk, He gives them freedom to walk. Those in bondage, He sets us free. Not because we are worthy, but because He is a gracious and loving God. He is everything. That is what he's talking about in verse 8 where he says, I indeed, John says, I, I just baptized you with water. 
And it's important that you make that public confession. It's important that you, you show in your heart that you are repentant and, and that, that you're depending on God for the forgiveness of your sins. But let me tell you something. God's going to do something greater than that. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is worthy. See, what he's saying is, is that when we're saved, when we're redeemed, God changes our hearts. And if you're a born-again believer, you can testify that you want to honor God. You want to, to, to live a life that he's worthy of. You want to live for him. God changes our heart. And he gives us a, a new desire within our heart. But the reality is, is we cannot fulfill that. So he gives us the Holy Spirit to do it. We'll talk more about this next week. But that is the work of a vessel. is not to make ourselves pretty vessels. But to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us to remove all obstacles within us, not so that we can do great things for God, but so that he can do great things through us. Probably of all those pictures, the one that pictures most of what we are as a child of God is that pipe. Nothing pretty about it, just a useful, cleaned out pipe that the Holy Spirit of God can flow through us to make an impact on this community and on the world. Vessel or obstacle? My prayer is, is that today we'll get on the potter's wheel and let the Holy Spirit of God begin to mold us and begin to cleanse us and begin to fill us and use us for the glory of God. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor at Underwood Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and it's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to a sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that he will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us, go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org, and all our contact information is there. We hope you're blessed through today's message.